This podcast contains explicit language. Hey, this is Mike from 424recording.com, and I just want to say if you're a fan of the podcast or channel, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 424recording. For as little as a buck a month, you'll get exclusive rewards and help keep this podcast mattress ad free. Support us at patreon.com slash 424recording. Hello and welcome to 424 Recording, a podcast featuring interviews with musicians, artists, YouTubers, and other creatives about the creative process. We're also talking all things music, especially in the punk, grunge, bedroom, and indie rock genres. This is Mike from 424recording.com, and on this week's episode, my guest is Sean Paul Pillsworth. I met Sean Paul a couple weeks ago over at Jay's. He was dropping off some equipment for Jay to repair, and um, know, we talked a little bit, and Jay was telling me about some of the stuff Sean Paul had recorded. Uh, namely Kyle and the Pity Party, a local band in this area that uh, I played some shows with, I don't know, maybe around 2013 in that in that time period. And uh, on my way home from Jay's that night, I listened to the uh, Home EP by Kyle and the Pity Party. And I was like, I got to get Sean Paul on the podcast. I want to talk to him about this. This is fucking awesome. So I just messaged him and said, hey, man, you want to come through and chat? And he was like, yeah, dude, let's do it. So here's uh, my chat with Sean Paul Pillsworth. I was checking out the the Kyle and the Pity Party stuff on the way home the other night from Jay's because I met you at, at yeah. the studio up there. That stuff's awesome, dude. I really like the the production on it. Yeah, that that one came out awesome. I I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think like what I did because I don't. It kind of was a blur. How like long I, ago was that? Because that came out pretty recently. Or? Yeah, yeah, and we're working on uh, the full length right now. Oh, cool. Yeah, we've been working on it all summer, and it's it's almost done. It's a you know like we work around regular day job schedules so we don't yeah. have like a dedicated set amount of time but we have everything like the core amount done the ep uh i'm just trying to think because it, it did like, i I've, I've gotten some some like really nice compliments about the way it came out but that's like yeah that's like that's like what they sound like yeah so like i did what i usually do on my end but they just have this you know sound that it's just all these like compiled reverbs and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and i don't even know like i look down at the pedal board and i just trust that they know what they're like stomping on at all times yeah, yeah. but like a lot of that stuff <clears throat> was just like their sound and i just kind of just did like i said i did my normal eq and whatever it was and, and then it just kind of sounded like that i definitely pushed it pretty hard like i listened back to that and uh i definitely pushed like the the uh the high end, like the frequencies, a little too much, yeah. but it, it it worked for it. But it's it's I gave it a really pushed sound, which was which was pretty cool. Yeah, like I really like the the drums, and I mean Kyle is just great. I, I remember like playing some shows with him in like 2015, and when he's kind of doing his solo stuff, and I was always like, yeah, like this guy, I think he could go pretty far <laughs> if he sticks with it. Yeah, I was I was uh, surprised when we got to the vocals. I mean, I heard him sing at shows, but. I never know what somebody's gonna be like. Yeah, when you yeah. stick them like in front of the For mic, sure, and yeah. you know they're and he just, I mean he, I he just killed it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I was yeah. like, oh, this is awesome. So he's um, got like he just has such a great voice. Like yeah, I mean there's a lot of great singers in this area, uh, and he, he is definitely one of them. I was I was blown away. Yeah, and it was cool because his voice carries so well. We we didn't really need to sit down. 
again, like with the guitars and stuff. But we didn't really need to sit down and figure anything else out. Like we didn't need to spruce up anything with any harmonies. I don't even think there's a harmony, a vocal harmony on that EP. I, I think it was is just it double him. at all too. It's because like I can't, I'm trying to think back, but because that's what I liked about it too is that it's, it's super. It reminds me of like Ryan Adams or something. You know, it's like yeah, I don't think earlier we, stuff. It's like super, just like one vocal. If there's if there's a double, it's only because. I get him to comp vocals because I just want to keep him like going. Yeah. So if there was ever a double, it's just because when we were just comping down a vocal, we might have heard one that just randomly or just coincidentally accented the domain and we would just leave it. But there was no like, Kyle's very, let's just do this once. Like, let's, <clears throat> like, awesome. even when I mention um, maybe a vocal production he's usually he's always like into it but i can tell that he's pretty happy with just his main vocal and that's fine because it, it worked yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Here's, we'll see about the full length i don't know he might want to do some other stuff but how many songs are on that there's 12 nice 12 songs um yeah it's it's uh it's definitely an extension of the ep but it doesn't it's a it's an evolution it's not it's not the EP part two, which is yeah. cool, but cool. A little different. Where would you say those guys like? Did they come to you and say like, "Hey, we had, like the, like these records," or was it just kind of like, you know, here's we're just gonna record and? Well, I went to them. Oh, okay. <laughs> like I that's usually like I heard them. I'm I'm from Kingston. They're from Kingston. We didn't really have a lot of interactions, um, and I just noticed that. Uh, they didn't really have anything new, and uh, I just, I don't know, I just wanted to work with them, so I went, and I just, like, met Kyle, and we talked, and I was like, well, let's record something. Yeah, He's yeah. like, okay. So then he did, he gives me, um, he'll give me a couple of different, like, references uh, of what he wants to go for. Maybe, like, he'll point out a production to accent how he wants the drums or something. Uh, although in the EP he gave me uh, a reference point of one of the uh, one of the girls album. One of the, I think it's like a girls EP. Okay. And <laughs> that that kind of threw me off because the production on it was so insane. I had to go to him and be like, "This isn't gonna sound anything like." And I mean, it's yeah. never gonna sound like it. But I was yeah. like, I don't know what they did on this, but you're not gonna get it out of so. Yeah. Um, that was uh yeah Kyle has his reference points I mean on this on this one I'm trying to think I know echo and the bunnyman oh yeah 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 that was a, a big one and um kind of like interpol like I was there there's definitely some interpol moments on it and we we've, we've spoken about some interpol songs that we uh, share a love for yeah, that came up on the live stream. We do this live stream, and um, somebody was asking, like, oh, what are some of your favorite drum sounds? And I referenced, like, here come the bright lights. You know, like, the drums on that record are just, like, insane. Like, great, great. I don't even yeah, know how did it. Interpol recorded, um, what's the record? The big one, the big breakout one for them. I think it, I think that's the, the, like, it's like the one that's, like, red and black. Yeah, they yeah. did that in Connecticut. Oh really? Yeah, like right down the right down the road almost from here. Like I didn't know that. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Um, 
uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of the other. There was Echo and the Bunnymen, and there was another big one that Kyle was like, Echo and then Girls, and I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. But anyway, we tried to mesh all of that in with what they sound like. And again, they have a sound, so. Yeah. Well, okay. I remember seeing them in like playing in New Paltz. Uh, they played like Nacho House. It's like a DIY space. And they were just like fucking blew me away. You know, it was like, it was like, well, it's not, I mean, I've seen Kyle and played with Kyle in different moments and played shows here and there. And that was just like, I think I just had gone to that show one night. It was maybe like the last year or something. And it was, they're just like, I mean, it's such a, a word everybody uses when you see bands, but they were like super tight, you know, like they were so yeah. good. And it was like the sound, their sound in just like a basement space. It was like, oh, was well, they, sick. <clears throat> that's, that's what I mean. Like they, they have a way of, that sound they have really fills up. Yeah, yeah. Everything, which is which is great, and uh, yeah, that, I mean, I'm 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 excited to get the rest of the. We tracked a little yesterday, and then uh, I mean, we had to. The stuff that's left on the full length is just like the 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 sprinkles, I guess. Like Kyle wants to record like a choir, I guess, for the intro Whoa. of this one song, and then. Uh, there's a couple pieces of gear that can't be moved out to my spot, so we're gonna remotely record. Like he's got like a a place he wants to go and record, like a vibraphone, and there, I know there's a really nice, well-tuned piano in the back of the BSP that we're gonna mic up. Cool. I um, like that big room back there. I think it's back there. Hmm. He said it's in the building somewhere, and I yeah. I can't like pinpoint it in my mind, but I know that oh, building well. Because I know there's that like uh, yoga studio or something upstairs or in the second I've actually floor. never been up there. Yeah. There's that, and then there's like a the basement downstairs where they actually practice, and then there's like a gr- an old green room that's not the green room anymore. I don't know. That that building is yeah, massive. Yeah, that building, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty like, cool, though. It's so funny, too, because I remember when they were first doing stuff there, it was just the front room, and now it's like expanded... Yeah, I mean, that back room They're is... They're doing, like, big shows back there. Yeah, and, and even there's big shows in uh, in the front room. Like, last night, yeah. King Congo played. Right. From the Cramps and Gun Club, which is crazy. Yeah, Because <laughs> yeah, when yeah. I was growing up, uh, the only shows in Kingston were at, like, the YMCA. Really? <laughs> like, local shows. Yeah, there yeah. wasn't really, like, a venue. We were, like... Had to make venues, like you said, yeah. like the, the not what is it, the Nacho House. Nacho House. Yeah, I've never been there, but there we had to do stuff like that. Yeah, you know, we had to get creative with where we we're gonna have a space, and usually those spaces only lasted a show or two, and mm-hmm. then they're done. And then it was like, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, like yeah. we're not whoever was running it was like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not gonna do this anymore. I know that's <laughs> like the the ebb and flow of like DIY spaces, like yeah, like here there's always a lot of ones popping up, you know, based on the school year. I found, you know, I've mm-hmm. lived here for a few years, but it seems like. They come and go, and some have been around longer than others, and, you know, then there's, like, snugs and places, you know, like, dive bark-type situations. And Yeah, they close cabs, though. Yeah. I, I can't believe that. Like, true. I'm not in New Paltz a lot, but I used to be. Yeah. And cabs was, like, they the, used be- to be the, place. the best, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? But, and snugs is great. I've, I've, <clears throat> I've had some nights at snugs where I've been, like... Yeah. Wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It always seems that, like, if you hit it right at the right time, there's, like, a pretty good crowd in there. Yeah, and uh, I've definitely been in there when there hasn't been some great crowds, but yeah, that yeah. that just kind of adds to the story. It depends on the <laughs> day, yeah. So yeah, because I know that you're from a band called Nightmares for a Week, right? Yes. And so what's your what's like the history with that band? You guys played around Kingston for a while, like in late 2000s? Uh, well... Because um, well, I saw you guys have like some new singles coming out. Yeah. Uh, 
Bill and I, Bill, who is the guitarist and like kind of main vocalist, we switched vocal duties. We've actually been playing music together now for 20 years. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So I think <clears throat> it was probably like 97 or 98. Wow. Bill was, I, w I was in a band from Kingston called Animal Chin. And it was like a three-piece uh, punk rock band. And um, there wasn't a lot of like the, the, the punk rock that we were playing in Kingston. It was very like, um, uh, it was, it was, the scene was weird. There was a lot of funk music hmm. and there was a lot of like grungy alternative, you know, Nirvana-esque bands, but there wasn't a lot of, um, like, uh, punk rock and we were more on the melodic side, punk rock. So we started playing shows and it wasn't like well-received. <laughs> It was, people kind of thought it was like a, a novelty. It was like, oh, that's cute, you know? Hmm. Uh, so, but there was other kids who were like, no, that's really cool. And Bill and a couple of buddies started another band that um, kind of sounded like we sounded. And uh, <clears throat> we, were, we were all friends. So we started playing shows. So we built a little scene. And then at this perfect moment... <laughs> The band I was in had this like implosion and we lost a drummer and then their band had this implosion and they lost like a bass player. And then we just kind of merged the two bands together and just kind of, you know, we had a shared catalog of songs and um, that's, that's when we started playing. So we played and then that band evolved through the years. We lost another like member and then we were down to four and um, by then we had gotten pretty good and we had built up a cool thing around here and there was other bands from the area that were starting to do well and um that band became uh a band called Anna Divine which uh we were like lucky enough to um get signed to like a really like uh it was an indie label but it had I know it had it had a lot of money it was called the Militia Group so in the early 2000s, Bill and I were in this band, Anna Divine, and we, we had the opportunity to go out on the road. We were, that's what we did. We, we toured. Yeah. And uh, for a couple of years, we did that, and we got to travel the States, like, all, like countless times. And we, but it, it kind of pushed us uh, into a spot where, like, creatively, we just fell apart. I think it was too much too fast. And we put out a, a, a full length, and then we, we did a little touring, and then... The band just kind of, it was over. Like, we just couldn't, hmm. I don't know, something weird happened, but we just couldn't do it anymore. And uh, a couple years later, we got asked to do a reunion. And when we were doing that, and we were practicing, Bill was writing, had been writing some songs on his own. He he, he never sang in, in any of the bands. He was always just, like, the lead guitarist. He was a great writer, but he did, like, one thing. He was very much, like, the lead guitarist. <clears throat> and he did some like you know um a little bit of writing but he really came to be like this incredible songwriter and he came to me and he said yeah i miss playing with you so in 2008 we started nightmares he just had dropped off like a cd it had like a couple songs on it i had an acoustic and i was like these are awesome so we just started a band to like do nothing with just to kind of play like bars like play snugs and we recorded a little ep and uh um, we didn't really know 
it, there was no like goal for the band, but oddly enough, so this was like that was two thousand, like late two thousand eight and two thousand nine. We had the EP out, and then it it was just an EP we like we made, and then like in two thousand ten, it, it made like um, like Alternative Press we used to put out this like hundred bands you need to know issue, and they we got an email saying you you're gonna be one of the hundred bands you need to know. We were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but that kind of really helped us. Then, then we got some interest from a small indie label that helped us make our first record. And, um, you know, we, we just kind of did a lot of work with that. And then we got kind of got ourselves in a little scene. And then in 2013, we put out another record. And then Bill moved away for a little while. And now he's back. And we just finished our third full length. And cool. we're kind of we're starting to try to get out a little more again. But that... And there's the brief history of nightmares. Wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's like a, a jawbreaker lyric, I think. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. We we didn't have a band names are hard. And that's we, sick. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with Blake <laughs> Schwarzenbach. Uh, I just saw lyrics. them down at Brooklyn. Oh, Steel. really? Oh, yeah. They're doing like a reunion thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're they played they you know. Riot Fest out in Chicago. Oh wow! Finally got them, gave them enough. I guess gave them enough money. I don't know. I mean, these festivals have so yeah, much yeah, money. Yeah. So they played out in Chicago, and then after that, they said, "I guess they just said, oh well, we'll play some more shows." So they announced a Brooklyn show, and I bought a ticket and I drove down by myself. Oh, <laughs> like man. I got, I got. Oh, it was all right. Yeah. I mean, I've been waiting. Yeah, I mean, to go see them. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been waiting forever. So yeah. I just, I, I got a good spot. And I, I swear, I didn't move the whole show. I just stood there. Because yeah. I had this perfect spot. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... So, in terms of nightmares then, I mean, you said... I thought it was interesting. You guys didn't really have any aspirations to do... Because you said you had been on tour and, and, like, had hit the road. And it seemed like you had had this experience of... I don't know, like you're saying, like, too fast, too soon. But... So, when you started nightmares, it was, it was more just, like, for fun? Yeah. Yeah, I... I it was like just an outlet for you to like create. It was, <clears throat> yeah. And by that time, after after the Anna Divine thing uh, was over, that's when I really started getting into like recording. Like I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. like I knew that I, I've always done something musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, th- I, I really too, yeah. felt, like... I really felt that um, maybe my focus and like my ambition to, to do something musical was, was in more of a studio setting. And I was right, but I, I did miss just like creating with a group of guys. Yeah. So the nightmare stuff, it was. I mean, me and Bill, like, when we were, like, done touring. That was, uh, that was a big deal because that's all we wanted to do. You know, that's why we started a band when we were, you yeah, know, in our late teens. It was like we're gonna go and we're gonna be this big band. Yeah. And then we started doing it, and uh, it. I mean. The experiences were great, but it, it was like killing us. Like we weren't, we, I can say that probably like the last two tours, like I don't think any of us who started these, this band that we were in, in a, in a garage, just with all this love and, you know, I don't even think we were friends by the end. Oh we were my like, God. oh, here we go. You know, like, all right, let's get in the van. It was and, like, yeah, just like. Uh, but it, was, it wasn't a lot of conversation. If it was, it was very oh like, yeah, it wasn't, you know. Why? Why do you think that it developed into that? Just it was just too, like. I mean, I know that. Because um, like you're saying, it seems like the 
almost the goal of, of being in a band is to get to that point right. of, you know, and then it's, it's just interesting because you, I feel like that story, you, it's always, it's like very repeated always. Like, yeah. I, I know. We, we definitely like, but when you're in it, it's so, uh, it's so, um, like, it feels so specific to you, that story. But when you, yeah, when it was over, I was like, man, we were just a big cliche there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think for us, what happened was that uh, music in general, um, or especially <clears throat> the scene we were coming from, changed a lot. So we were trying to change with it. And yeah. perhaps we were... I. I know that maybe I wasn't admitting it at the time, but I think that part of our um, original reason for going was being compromised almost. Hmm. Like I I didn't really like the music that we were making, which is big, you know? Yeah. You know, I thought, oh, you know, maybe we'll make a record like this and it'll be our like Pinkerton, I guess is always the reference, right? It'll be our weird record, but hmm. it just, it didn't, I don't know, I... I wasn't really getting a lot out of it, and I think that kind of like bled. I think some of the other guys were feeling that too, and we wanted it to work, but you know, it, it was just, uh, it was just, it was like tough. It was like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. You know, like this is not what we thought it was going to be like. I, 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 I wish we, if I could go back, I, I, I think we would have taken a, um, it would have been different, just the way the process of making the music back then it wasn't it was just it was a little weird yeah but we didn't have a lot of time and we we you know i mean we were a band from uh yeah like 97 98 and then it was about 2002 when we <clears throat> when we got picked up so we had like four years yeah to to write all the music that got us to where we were and then in 2002 when we released our first ep that did really well but again, we had a lot of time to write that. It was yeah. like a collection of songs. We had to write a full length in about seven months. Write and record a full length. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's that same, uh, almost like cliche again. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like you spend we were... your whole life writing your first record. Yeah. And you have six yeah. months to write the second one. Yeah, yeah. So we just, I just, you know, we and we felt... It was like probably the first time we felt like pressure. We were practicing like five times a week, writing five times a week, yeah. and it was just like, so God Almighty! How much? So then it sounds like some of this is is like because like I always talk to some people on here about like the intersection of art and commerce, right? It's like it always seems to be this compromise that comes up when as soon as you start to do something for money or there's like money involved with mm -hmm. it. Like how how big of how, how much of that idea you think was like like wrapped up into this or like what was your experience with you know being a creative person but then being in this situation where because it sounds like you're, you were almost like forced to perform or forced to like make this under I we were under like a contract or was it, or it like, was it was yeah it was a contractual agreement in fact um because it sounds like it sucked a lot the love and the life out of it like shouldn't have doing. because the company we signed to was very family oriented okay. and they were i mean you know they'd like call us on the phone and we'd go out there when we when we were out they were based out of california we went to california man they treated us so well and yeah That's cool. and we were by no means the anywhere near the biggest band on their roster but they made us feel like it and uh <clears throat> so that it wasn't so much them 
Uh, but it was a contractual agreement. In fact, I remember the contracts got mailed to our drummer's house, and uh, he ha- he came to my house, and you know, he had this Manila envelope, which was like gigantic. Yeah. And uh, he gave it to me, and I said, "Oh, these are the contracts." And he goes, "No, this one's your contract." Oh my god! <laughs> and I opened it up, and then we had to get like a real lawyer, yeah, which yeah. was like we'd have to like go down to the city and like wait in an office. And then go in like some big fancy, like glass office where we sat down. And somebody asked us if we needed anything to drink, or you know, we felt like. And uh, the lawyer would come in, and she would talk to us for about fifteen minutes. Yeah. And then we'd leave. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh my God, what are we doing? Like, yeah. I was ready to just be like, I'm just gonna sign it. I don't care. Yeah. But, <clears throat> um, as far as like doing it for like money. We never really saw any money. I guess there was the potential there to make money. Right. Um, but the compromise was probably because we were thrown into just the a world, a worldwide scene of, of bands. Like we went from being here in the Hudson Valley where there's very much like a sound and a scene. And there's, there, I, you know, you. it's crazy because I see new bands... Um, uh, from the area now, like there's this great uh, punk band from Kingston, Kingston Woodstock area called Hairbag. I don't know if you've oh, seen yeah, them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw them with uh, Surmiser. Um... And they're great, but they carry all of this like Woodstock, New York energy that I saw in you know '96 at the Community Center or the Youth Center shows. But those kids were in diapers when those shows were going on. Yeah. You know? So. We were always surrounded. There, there is a sound here. Yeah. But when we went on tour, we were just you know overexposed. To, I, I for me like to all these other bands that came from all these other scenes, um, and uh, when we were thrown into that, maybe I think I got a little lost. I was like, wait, what? You know, like because you go to some spots, like you say, like sometimes you play like a DIY house, and there would be more of this mm-hmm. DIY ethic, e- e- even right down to like. You know, obviously the lyrics to like the gear they were playing, you know? And I was yeah. like, this is cool. Like, maybe we should do something like this, yeah. you know? But then we would go and we would go to, to we'd play in Hollywood and we'd play some club that was obviously owned by, yeah. uh, you know, somebody or some or a bunch of people with a lot of money. And it was this ritzy kind of, and there was a lot of bands that would play there. And then I was like, oh, maybe we should do something like that, you know? So I think we, we, we just got like lost. Yeah. And uh, I think that was the thing that was like, maybe just a loss of identity. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, but that definitely, that whatever it was, the outcome of that probably looked like we were, we were doing it for some kind of monetary reason. Yeah. Because we definitely changed. Yeah. But, uh, and we certainly did want to write songs that were accessible. So, uh Maybe I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm still a little confused by what happened. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's cool. I'm just always so curious about that because it, it like that's a just a topic. I feel like there's certain topics on the podcast that are, are um, whether I talk to like somebody who's like an actor or you know I have like a, a lot of friends that do different stuff and it always seems to come up like there's certain themes that seem to come up a lot. You know, and that's yeah. something I feel like is cool. With this I want to like explore and and get a lot of different takes on because it always seems like there's some you know, uh, common thread among mm-hmm. all this kind of, all this kind of stuff when it comes to 
art and commerce and that intersection and figuring <clears throat> out like how do you stay true to your values as like an artist and you know do your creative thing but then you know when there's money involved or you know like I always struggle with taking time to do the art that I love to do but it doesn't necessarily make me money but I'd love right. to do it yeah so it's you know the I mean it I think it's it's tough because as an, if, if you're an artist in, in any kind of light, it doesn't matter what the medium is, you're probably a person who is, in, is inspired, inspired easily, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> I think maybe you see as artists get a little older and they have these moments where maybe something gets compromised or a band ends because of whatever or... It's probably because a little bit is because they're just too inspired, maybe. I mean, you know, like they just, you have to really get your bearings yeah. and say, yeah. all right, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, because that sounds like, uh, kind of mirrors what you were saying about, you know, you guys and going to these different spots and saying, like, well, maybe we should do this, maybe we should do that. Like, almost like maybe you guys were figuring out who you were as artists and oh, musicians we, and we, people. And oh, we that, absolutely were. You know, you were jettisoned into this lifestyle and... I yeah, kind of like trial by fire, figure it out. Yeah, it was a big fire. It was a small trial with a big fire. <laughs> <laughs> the survival rate was like next to nothing. Yeah, but it was, but I mean, again, um, <clears throat> uh, what was funny is we we put out this real uh, stinker of a record that we worked really hard on. And people didn't like. They didn't like it too. I mean, the record came out and like it was. Uh, people just didn't like it. But then, we're like, all right, we're done. It's over, right? Yeah, this is the end of it. And then, like five years later, I started seeing on some uh, sites and things like that. People love the record. Yeah, they love that record. Oh, they miss us so much. And it's just like, <laughs> where were you? Yeah. You know, <laughs> we were like begging people yeah, to come yeah, to the yeah. show. Please, please come to our show. That brings up like two things I was gonna ask you too. Is like, so this was kind of in the cusp or like the beginning of like the internet era. Like you said, this was like early two thousands. So this was like yeah. before it was really like yeah, yeah. Because then it sounds like with the help of the internet, I guess. Because five years after the demise or when you guys stopped playing, it mm -hmm. sounds like because like I always feel like that too with with music and things. It like takes some time for your music to work its way into the bloodstream of whatever the underground the indie culture yeah. music scenes internet because even today you put stuff out and it seems like like some stuff i'll put out it's like i just try to get stuff out now because it seems years later is when it like all of a sudden people are like oh this is really cool mm -hmm. it's like well i put this out like you know, like <coughs> yeah. you're saying like years ago but yeah. I, I don't know if that's just the function of time and, and having to get it out there because i don't know but i guess that's what my question was like when you guys were doing this like this was were you doing you I don't I wasn't sure if you were booking the shows or not but this is probably like was this even like pre MySpace or is this like because this it, sounds like it was like right on the cusp of yeah <clears throat> I remember yes it was because there wasn't a lot of internet and the tours we were not booking like I said when we signed to this this uh, indie label they had their stuff they had together contacts. they had their yeah. stuff together they got us. A manager and they got us a booking agent and we were handed a lot of things and we were very grateful um but we were not doing the booking but it was pre-internet so it was it was a lot of like 
they had a budget for you know marketing so <clears throat> um we we didn't yeah there was no there was like i remember like there was like Friendster. Remember Friendster? Yeah, yeah. I, I think we had a Friendster page. Friendster, yeah, yeah. And then, and then I think right as we were ending the uh, the MySpace thing was starting to to take off. I think we did. We have a I don't know. We must have had a MySpace page, but it wasn't important like it is now. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. That wasn't well, that's, the I focus, think that's, right? Because like now it just seems like it's almost the opposite, right? You guys were. Playing out a lot and I don't know, like figure it out or like how did they how did you guys like sign with the label initially like oh. they found you or was it like you no, guys this were is like like, <clears throat> like mailing this, stuff or? well uh, um like so it goes back to the local scene again and um like I said growing up I was in this little novelty ish uh, punk band oh yeah. we didn't see ourselves as novelty but that's the way. Uh, but a good friend of mine named Josh was in a band who uh, was signed to like Universal when they were in high school. Wow. And um, years later, he went on to join a band called Shibuti, which became Coe and Cambria. Right. So <clears throat> Josh and I had been friends since middle school. And 